you know, what most athletes don't understand is that they're actually not just an athlete. They're a brand. They're building their own brand, their own business, essentially, that has different departments and uh, different aspects of that business. And it's super important for us to realize as younger athletes and, and parents alike to start educating ourselves on the business side of sports, not just the physical side of sports. You know, we always invest in trainers. We invest in, you know, the, the coaches and so forth. And we invest in, you know, clubs to go play ball outside of just high school and whatever it may be. But how often do we invest in the business side of things? How often are we t talking to financial advisors? How much, how often are we talking to agents? How often are we doing those types of things and doing our research to make sure we're setting our athletes up for success not only at the next level of sports, but after their sports careers are over. Well, today we're going to be talking to a financial advisor, a financial expert in the sports field. She's fantastic. She's going to be breaking it down for us, specifically in the real estate world. She's got a lot of knowledge when it comes to real estate and helping athletes with their investments. You don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time Guru. This is the Game Time Guru podcast where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Get a couple of the housekeeping items out of the way right now as we uh, get ready for this awesome interview today. First and foremost, want to give a special shout out to all the listeners. We're in 92 different countries, 72,000 downloads of the show. Thanks in large part to everybody who's been listening, who has contributed in some form or fashion, whether you've shared the show, whether you've been on the show, um, or whether you've just been listening the whole entire time or supported me on social media, whatever it may be. Uh, appreciate every single person um, that has been part of the journey the last five years upcoming uh, in January. It'll be five years. So we appreciate everybody for the support. If you guys haven't done so already, all I ask is to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts that helps the algorithm of the show, gets it into more people. That's how we've been able to expand it into 92 different countries is because people leave reviews on the podcast. So if you listen to this, you like the interview, go leave me a review. Let us know what you think of it. And uh, let's get that out to more people. You know, joining the show today, it's uh, it's going to be a special opportunity for us to hear from someone who is in the sports industry and in, in not necessarily the athlete, but working with the athletes in, in a very unique way. And we're going to learn more about her story and what impact she has on the sports world. Her name is Chrissy Sanders, and uh, she's coming to us today. So, Chrissy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And um, shout out to Rebecca for connecting us. I appreciate that. Yes, shout out Rebecca Harris. Uh, she was just an inter uh, sorry a guest on the po podcast a couple of weeks back. I just got her book actually in the mail. So shout out to Rebecca. For all the listeners out there, if you if you have guests and recommendations, please send them my way because now I've got connected with Chrissy and 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 that's a connection through a guest that I've had on the show. So if you're a listener or a guest, say hey, this might be a good person to interview. Hit me up. I love interviewing people. I love hearing their stories. So that's how me and Chrissy are are, are chatting today. So Chrissy, give us a little bit of background about. I mean, I guess your sports background before where you're at right now, which we'll get into, like what's your sports background and the knowledge of sports? Were you ever into sports before you got to what you're doing today? Like give us a little bit of a background so we understand where you're coming from. So I was, uh, I was pretty um, terrible at dodgeball and I, and I was always picked last. <laughs> so um, <laughs> no, <laughs> in gym class, no, um, in all seriousness, 
Um, so how I got involved in sports, actually, it's it's such an interesting story. So like um, I started off doing automotive marketing. Right. So I was doing automotive marketing for a couple different brands. Um, and then I was recruited to BMW um, to you know do marketing for them. And so I started meeting guys um, who needed to basically get endorsement deals. And so I was meeting NFL players. I was meeting WNBA players, all types of people, because like in the brand role that I was, I was, you know, doing um, sponsorships. I was doing um, licensing. I was doing, uh, you know, TV deals, all of that, um, you know, official car of, of the Cleveland Browns, all of that type type of stuff. So um, and, and I also noticed that when people would sit down in front of me, they didn't really know exactly how to build a quantitative case. They would just say, Hey, you know, so-and-so has 80,000 followers or, you know, a million followers or whatever, give them a car. And so when you don't know how to build a quantitative case, then a lot of times, like you leave money on the table for the player that you're representing, because like, you know, people are romanticized by sports, but you have to understand that when you're sitting across from uh, a brand, like these people are business people and they're, they're looking for analytics. They're looking for uh, KPIs, like key performance indicators that would, that essentially, I don't know if I could cuss on this show, but like, can you like put asses in seats, which is uh -huh. like, can you sell cars? Can you sell t-shirts? Whatever the case may be. So it's like, I've noticed that a lot of people didn't know how to fully build quantitative cases. So they would under ask or they, uh, they were asked incorrectly and then it would just cost people money. So when people started coming to me, I saw the area of opportunity and super weird. So how I actually started the uh, agency that, uh, that I started was I was this in the same country club as the guy who who um who who started IMG with Mark McCormick. His name's oh. Arthur Fave, and so this is in Cleveland, Ohio at the time. I, I had to be I forget what year it was, but it might have been like 2016. So I was like 23, 24 years old. And so I emailed him like the audacity. Like this goes to show you how you're not even like thinking about like the, the gravity of the people you're talking to. I just was so focused on my mission, but, and I didn't want to fail. So I, I was like, Hey, we're members of the same country club. Um, can you meet with me and show me how to run my sports agency? And, um, he reached out to the membership director at the Ewing club. It was like, you know, this girl just emailed me like, and he's like, all right, I guess she is a member. So like, he's like, all right, you know, come through. And, you know, he said, Hey, you got like 15 minutes. I ended up staying a couple hours. And, um, he kind of talked me through, you know, how he started with Arnold Palmer and all these different things. And um, and we had that meeting and then I, I structured it. He's like, you're going to be great because you don't you don't like sports that much. And <laughs> he's like, for what you're doing. And I was like, yeah, I don't like sports, but I do like helping people. Um, and, and I felt like I could make a difference. So that's where um, it kind of got started. So fast forward to where I'm at now. And I was like, well, um, again, I've always been like a think ahead type of a person. So I'm, I'm looking at the, the stats, not the stats, but I'm looking at the trends and I'm like, okay, more and more athletes don't, the last thing we need is more representatives. Like we don't need more people that are, that are teaching athletes how to basically be reliant upon other people. We need to teach people how to run their business. So I started getting in, in, uh, involved with venture capital, um, and real estate investing, because I noticed that there would be this drop off where people are like, oh, like athletes, 
spend all their money? Like, not really. It's just like they don't really know because they don't have they they're not directly involved with their project, which is themselves. So, you know, so I started getting on the investment side and um, left the agency side. And, and now I, I do investments. That is so cool. You know, there was this this 30 for 30 documentary, which I'm yeah. sure most people have heard of. It was called Broke at the time. Like it was talking about how athletes go broke. And and one thing you mentioned that kind of sticks out there was like they have so many representatives, you know, like a lot of athletes are paying this agent, this agent, this agent, somebody's looking over their insurance, but then they also have somebody over their finances. Then they have their actual agent that's trying to do contracted deals with everybody. And they've got this person and this person tugging at them. And they got mom and dad wanting money and cousins and so forth. All of a sudden, before you know it, that uh, $25 million signing bonus for some of these professional athletes is right out the window. They don't even have anything to show for it. Um, and, you know, that, that's one thing that they, and yeah, there's a lot of different people that can help in different ways. But when you're getting into the, the finance side of things and the investment side of things, talk to us a little bit about that. Like, how are you helping athletes invest? Are you just saying, hey, like, put your money here in, into real estate. Here's the ROI on this and so forth. Like, is that what you're doing? Like, and are, how do you go about, like, maybe educating an athlete who might not necessarily understand it fully. How do you educate them on the potential benefits of investing in real estate for themselves? Yeah. So it's so funny because like, basically like when it comes down to investing in real estate, like the first thing that you have to understand that um, as anybody, and it's not just athletes, but it's just anybody. So when it comes being an athlete is similar to being self-employed. And so as an athlete, what you need to understand is you need to figure out where your revenue channels are going to come from. And so most of the time, like, and you have to see yourself as a complete business with different departments. So like at the, at the end of the day, like a lot of times you'll get a lump sum of money and the, 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 the downfall similar to people who win lotteries is like, if you have a lump sum of money and you don't know how to manage it to create more money, then basically you got Gucci calling you every two weeks. You got, you got, you know, you, you got like, you know, somebody hitting you up talking about, Hey, I got this app, you know, shoot me $20,000 and I'm gonna make you a unicorn investor, whatever. But like, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, how can I calculate it? like take the money that I'm earning from on the quarter on the field and how can I put it in something that's going to multiply, uh, give me tax benefits and pay me forever. So that's literally, that's the thought process that we have to kind of transition from on just that I'm going to just earn income, earn income and earn income that we got to figure out exactly how can I take my earned income and create more income that pays me forever and also gives me tax benefits. So if that's where real estate comes in, like there's a number of things that you can do um, like uh, with, you know, to create passive income. I'm not a stock person. That's just not my, my, my bag. Um, but I definitely know a lot about real estate and, and that's basically what it is. So it's like, okay, like now let's look at how we evaluate assets, right? So like evaluating apartment buildings, evaluating um, evaluated single families, multifamilies, whatever, whatever lane you want to get into um, that makes the most sense for you, like helping you actually evaluate that, structure the deal, like basically what partners to bring involved in it, because that's another thing that athletes do. They use too much of their own money. Like, you know, you can be JVing, um, opportunities with people, you know, you can invest in a fund, become an LP, whatever you want to do. But there's so many different ways that you can kind of like be involved in projects where you don't have to actually be the exact point person of it 
or you don't have to be all the money for it. And then also with financing. So from the um, from the under five unit side, you know, I can provide finance and help them get their LLCs in order where, you know, that they actually can show profitable revenue and stuff, build out portfolios and stuff like that. That's so cool. It's something I geek out about because <laughs> it's important for athletes to, to understand that Chrissy, in your experience, how young do you think, like, at what age should these athletes be thinking about this? I mean, especially now with name, image, and likeness becoming a thing in the NCAA, now it's, it's opened up to the younger crew of 18 years old sometimes, but how, how old do you think these athletes should like, at what age should they start thinking about these potential opportunities as they start getting older and, and having these, I guess, they're brand. They're not. No, they're no longer just a football player. They're no longer just a baseball player. They're no longer just a basketball player, volleyball player, whatever. Maybe they're actually a business, like you were mentioning. Like they're a business, and there's multiple departments within that, in a sense. And they should have these vehicles for revenue. What age do you think it's important for them to start being educated on this kind of stuff? Honestly, like unfortunate. The unfortunate part of being an elite athlete is that there's a level of losing your childhood. You know that you that you have um, because of the the way sports are in America. So unfortunately, even though it's probably not the conversation you want to have as a 16 or 17 year old or 18 year old, I would probably as soon as you realize that you're going to be doing this at an elite level and at a higher level, that you need to kind of start creating yourself as a business. Like you need to create an LLC or escort, whatever it is that makes uh, sense structurally for you be, um, so that you can actually house these endorsement deals. Um, you know, because that's the other thing that people get caught up on is, is, is not paying taxes properly, not having things structured properly. Um, and then because like when you look at it, if you're not actually playing for a team, um, when it comes down to getting loans, that's what I'm saying, other people's money, because you might think that just because I got a new balance deal um, or, or some deal, I forgot, somebody just literally got a deal. I think it was Paige Bukers or something like that. Like, and you think, oh, you know, I'm playing at UConn or whatever, and I just got a deal. So now I got $100,000. Last thing you want to do is. Is, is is go buy one thing for a hundred thousand dollars you want to leverage that money in order in order to be able to leverage that money you need to be able to show lenders partners all that kind of stuff that you have uh that you're not insolvent and you're basically kind of uh, that you have the um financial wherewithal business wise in order to uh take on these loans these um you know investments all that kind of stuff so you need to kind of have your uh legal and your uh, business house in order with your LLC as soon as possible. And you also have to keep in mind that, like, if we're being honest, you are one, you know, slip on the floor away from ending your career, period. It's not a it's not a sexy conversation to have. It's nothing that people don't want to talk about. But you can't act like this thing is going to last forever. Most things, uh, most careers are 3.5 years. So it's like, and you're getting... Like the whereas Bob and HR is is getting you know just say three point five million dollars over the life of forty years you're getting three point five million dollars in a truncated amount of time so you got to figure out how am I gonna make that last forever and if you stop playing at 24, 25, 27, or God forbid you get to the next level and you're just not good enough you don't have what it takes especially with name image and likeness you might have been hot in college but can you most of the time, like, look at uh, what's that guy's name that went to Gonzaga back in the day when me and you were like little. Uh, Morrison, Adam. Adam Morrison. Morrison was he hot? JJ Reddick, like they weren't. They weren't who they were at Duke and Gonzaga. So, 
But if they were to capitalize off of their fame at that time, then at that point they they could have had the money to create the leverage, you know, uh, through business ventures. Um, so like that's why you need to kind of start as early as possible because you never know when when the lights are gonna go out on you. You know, it's so interesting you mentioned that. Like it's it opens up a whole new dynamic. And and one of the things we always argue this, like, should athletes get paid in college? Should they not get paid? Because there's that whole conversation up until the name, image, and likeness kind of just came about. And um, the conversation that I always have with people, I always I always revert back, Chrissy, to the conversation that happened on the the documentary called Broke. And they were talking about Cam Newton signing, his, getting his, his uh, signing bonus, which is millions of dollars for a top-tier pick in any – major you know professional sport you get a lot of money all at once it's a one boom it's not your contract that's paid out weekly it's literally all in one boom and he had never cashed a check before that was what the story was he had never cashed a check before and the reasons and people are like that's crazy i'm like is it crazy though because the dude since he was probably 14 years old had only focused on his sports like that's what he was doing he never worked through college because he had a full ride scholarship um, so, and he wasn't allowed to work because if you go and work, then you get your scholarship revoked. So he wasn't able to pull in additional income because he was on a scholarship. So he never had to cash a check. If you really think about it, he never had to do that. And so he goes in there and he, and he didn't have this information. And so it kind of like now that these athletes are able to get this income, the other question comes in, would these college athletes be able to pay tax? They don't even understand taxes. Most of us don't understand taxes until we get out of high school and we start having a full-time job and we are like, Oh, Oh shoot! Forty percent of my paycheck just oh, okay. That's not really what I'm making. Okay, so I guess my question with with that comment is like just to to kind of open up the eyes of the listeners right now. Like if you're all, always thinking like, well, it shouldn't be hard if you're making this much money. Well, no, because like there's a lot that goes into it that these younger individuals think of our, ourselves as human beings when we're younger. Like we didn't understand any of that, so why would we expect? And we didn't come into this money all of a sudden they had. And so like yeah, it's important to be able to understand this. I I wonder, and I just want your thoughts on this, like. Should there be classes in high school for and, and whether it be for finance and specific or general, I should say like finances and, and, and all this stuff, but maybe even like athletes, those who are like athletes who are looking to do now that the name image and likeness is a possibility at the next level. You don't even have to be an elite athlete at the college level to, to benefit off your name image and likeness now. Right. So like this could be a, for a lot of athletes, um, not the ones that are necessarily all going to go pro any college athlete. So maybe in the high school level, what do you think about that? Like having like athlete classes specifically about like, how to leverage your name, image, and likeness, how to do these things, how to invest in these different deals. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Honestly, like there needs to be a lot of reform to just the um, just the uh, education model in general, because when you look at it, just everybody in America, right? So like it, what, what people don't understand and where they do themselves a disservice is that we all have the opportunity to be high earners in, in America, because that's just the way America set up. So it doesn't matter what, what you think about yourself. There's a high possibility that you could become a high earner in America if you do some right things. So it's like, what you need to do is like, I was a super nerd when I was in high school. I took, you know, stock classes. I took all kinds. I was like members of like the investment club and all of that um, because I always had an interest in it. But we need to, you know, we don't really need to hear as much about Macbeth, you know, as we need to <laughs> hear about like, <laughs> like we need to have a tax literacy class. Like, you know, because it's, it's like there are grown people that aren't even athletes who make you know, $200,000, $300,000 a year, $200,000 a year, $300,000. That's not 
a lot of money. Like whether people realize it or not, go live in New York City, go live in um, LA, go live in hell, Columbus, shit. Like, you know what I mean? The, the, the average price on, on, on literally where I live is $556,000. Like that's, you know, $200,000 is not a lot of money. So like you have to understand, but it'll get you in that tax bracket that can get you in trouble. So it's like, what you need to do is you need to start taking the classes. You need to be a little bit proactive since yes, we need reform, but we can't wait for reform. We have to be proactive and actually start seeking out the things that are, are aligned with the goals that we're trying to do. So like perfect example is like just being an athlete, just to be an athlete, you started seeking out coaches, you started seeking out trainers, you started seeking all that. And you need to take that same mindset when you're like building a business, like, off the court. So you need to start seeking out a tax advisor. You need to build a team, right? Basically, you need a tax attorney. Um, you need a CPA. Um, you you need a finance person like like me or something like that. Um, like I wouldn't get a financial advisor that's just like, hey, you know, yes, you have money or whatever case may be. You need actually to start sitting with people that's like, okay, this is where I want to go. This is what I want it to look like. And then let's let's reverse engineer it backwards from this um so and that's basically how i help people i'm like let's look at the goal and like let's reverse engineer it and see exactly who we need to connect you with in order to get there so like that's what they need to be doing and their parents need to be doing um if if you really want your kid or your or yourself to be elite financially uh, um and protected so you know yes do we need reform in education? But you cannot wait for things. And, and, and I'm and I'm big on that. Like as a woman, as a black woman, like there's a whole lot of things that are wrong in the world that we could wait for. But honestly, wait, waiting doesn't get anybody anywhere but bitter. <laughs> so, so like that's a t-shirt idea right there. Right. <laughs> I like that. Um, so take out, like, let's unpack that real quick for anybody listening. Rewind it, take some notes you know, we can, we can't wait for reform. Like, obviously I think that's a, I think most people that I've spoken to and interacted with in my life understand that there needs to be some changes in the education sector. Um, but yeah, I mean, when's it going to come? You can't necessarily just, be, it's been, I'm 33 years old right now. I haven't seen it. So in that regard, be proactive. If, if you guys take anything out of that from what Chrissy was just saying is be proactive, but I guess to follow up on that, Chrissy, you know, you mentioned you, you dropped a couple of things here. Get a financial advisor, get somebody like yourself in there, like start connecting with these people, just like you'd invest in a trainer, like sports specific trainers, strength conditioning, mental conditioning. If that's the case, we've talked to a lot of mental conditioning coaches on the show. Um, but where, like, I guess maybe some people might get a little bit since that, since there isn't anything in the school system right now, some people just don't know where to look. So what would your yeah. advice be to them there? So, so that's, that's the biggest thing. So when you like the way I do things is I take whatever interest I am and then I find the best people doing that. Um, so like, honestly, the problem with athletes too, and, and why things get messed up is because there will be a guy or a girl just say that are in that that's in the space that everybody knows. Right. And, you know, and Johnny went to Bob. So we all go to Bob and like, and you can't do that with your career. You can't leave that up to, you know, somebody like, so you have to say, okay, if I see myself being the next Steve jobs or whatever, some tech thing, then I need to, to look at where, like, like perfect example. I know tons of people who own venture capital funds, like, and I would look on Twitter or whatever and see who are the top people doing this. And then I would 
And then I would start parlaying myself into that network and then being quiet and learning because the last thing you want to do is as an athlete, full disclosure, is to tell professional people that you're looking for something because they kind of become like vultures and, and try to like kind of smother the situation. What you want to do is you just want to kind of come in as a standard by and, you know, watch, learn. And then once you kind of figure out who are the players in each different um, arena, whatever it is, whether it's real estate, whether it's, uh, uh, like I said, tech, um, whether it's shit, toy making, whatever. Like I got, I literally got a friend that works in Mattel. So like, you know, <laughs> like whatever it is that you want to do. And then you start parlaying yourself into that network, find the top people who do it. And then, um, and, and then start learning the craft just the same way that you learn the game. Like, so that's going to take eating some humble pie. That's going to take interning for people, um, shadowing people. Cause if you don't have time to intern, I'm sure you have time to, to shadow. So like, that's one of the biggest things that I even did when I started want to get involved in, um, in, in finance and I was coming from marketing. So I would just go shadow top people. Like I would go shadow my friend that worked at a private equity fund. I would go shadow my buddy that owned apartment buildings and I'll just sit with them, see exactly how their day went. And then it kind of helped me learn exactly, okay, this is how I need to structure my company. This is how I need to structure what I'm doing. Uh, and I just was relentlessly self-educating and like with athletes, that's what you kind of need to do because unfortunately the very thing that'll get you in the door can also get you taken advantage of. So like, you got to be careful, like always sharing, you you get what I'm saying? Like, Oh yeah. You know? So it's like, and, and then you end up with the wrong line of professionals when if you're trying to be a power player, truth be told the goofy person that works at Wells Fargo really ain't going to, is, isn't the person for you. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not doing deals. Like they probably don't even own their house. So it's like, you know, but yet, but if you get into the right circles, like for example, like I'll end up at a mastermind where people own, you know, 10,000 units, whatever case may be. And then it's like, you get into those right circles with guys and girls that are, that are actually doing this every single day, doing deals, making deals happen. Like I don't go to meetings or networking events or none of that dumb shit that where like deals don't get done. Like I only go places that deals get done. And I started doing that because I was quiet enough to just parlay myself into the industry. If that makes sense. Totally makes sense. I, and I love it. I love how just clear you are with that. That's you're not sugarcoating it. It's important. And so to that point, I want to tell these young athletes that if you're looking in and like parents as well, like parents who are out there trying to help their you know son or daughter, trying to find the right people to help them. They, they might realize like, okay, I need to start doing this. They might be listening to this. So start now. Don't yeah. wait until it's the last minute because then you might find yourself being like, well, I just need to find the person. So who's the most popular right now? And that seems like, like you said, Bob. So John went over here with Bob. So we're just gonna go to Bob because it's last minute. No, start educating yourselves now so you can get in there and you give yourself time to observe and and apply stuff that's being said and, and figuring it out on your own so that you know that you're making the right choice. Cause if you have to do it last minute, then yeah, you might find yourself in a predicament because you're going to go with whoever is the loudest, I guess it to say, so to speak. So yeah, whoever has the best sales pitch, whoever has the best, you know, closing gifts, like, cause that's the thing too. Like, you know, it's like, you know, because even this is what people don't realize, like, and athletes don't realize, like, 
there is not just athletes who are getting romanticized, like, you know, dating clients in the sense of, you know, let's go to, you know, the Buckeyes game. I'm going to take you down to the field. Look at this, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, truth be told, people want people's business. So it's like you have to. And and when you're a young kid and a lot of times if you're, if you're a young kid and you come from nothing and somebody said, here's a BMW. Oh, you know, here's this, here's that, then it's easy for you to feel, number one, obligated. And it's easy for you to say, oh, well, this person is is killing it on the outside when truth be told that you don't realize that everything that you're that you're getting, you're you're basically they're recouping it <laughs> in their fees once once you become a client. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you you just bought yourself a BMW early. Um but like <laughs> so it's it's just important for if if you want something in life, you have to take an interest in it, period. You can't sit there and, you know, like imagine and just on a like layman's term, imagine you're trying to date somebody, but you got somebody dating the person for you. You're like, hey, you know, like go talk to go talk to this girl over here for me and go take her on a couple dates and then bring her back as my wife. Like what? <laughs> yeah, that's like stuff you see in elementary school. I, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. Well, and that's how athletes approach their business life. You know, it's like, oh, I hired Bob, you know what I mean? So I'm going to just sit back and Bob is just going to, you know, bring it back. Like, no, that's not how you do things. And then you wonder like, oh, well, why, why is this not working? Well, yeah, this is, this is super cool. And I, and I think if we look at the athletes that have had a lot of success outside of their careers, look at Shaquille O'Neal. Um, I would love to, I know he's the extreme example. So people are going to be like, well, that's extreme, but there's a lot of other ones out there. I'm just going to use Shaq because he's very popular and he's on TV still. So people hear him all the time, but Shaq has invested a lot and he did so throughout the duration of his career. Not only did he go and get his education from college, but like he also invested, he's been investing throughout the entire career. He kept it kind of quiet. It's not public information all the time, but now he kind of shares a lot of those things. I've listened to him on a podcast before where he talked about some of the investments that he made. What was it? Papa John's. Like yep. he's like a big part of all that stuff. Um, and, and he, he's made some stupid investments, but he's also made some very, very smart investments that have helped him like way more income now that he's, than he ever had in his basketball career, which is crazy to say, cause he made millions upon millions of dollars during his basketball career. One of the top centers to ever play the game. But now he set himself up for the rest of his life. This is generational wealth that he's created. And he, it's because he was proactive about that. Um, and he, and he went about it the right ways while he was killing it on the court. Um, yeah, and even you look at Alvin Johnson, like Alvin Johnson, he's a former NBA player and he owns like, you know, half of the Southwest of the United States with, with real estate almost like it's he's developing, he's doing all these things, but it came from from taking an interest in his next step at the same intensity that he had when he was building his career as an NBA player. So like, that's what they have to understand. You look at even Kobe, like, you know, everybody points to the body armor investment, but like Kobe was okay to step away from basketball because of the, uh, because of the fact that he, once he mapped out what he wanted to do next, he, he transferred that intensity. Right. So like, you know, if you look at people, people don't really like a, like when people talk about addictions, like the most successful people that kind of overcome addic addiction, like you even look at Grant Cardone, they transfer one addiction to the next, you know, I right. hate to say it like that, like, which sounds 
weird to say it, but it is just true. Like, you know what I mean? So like most people who, if you have that kind of intensity for a game, to even get to a professional level, then you have that in you. You just got to transfer that same thing because we're on the flip side of it. If you don't transfer that, that's when you see people start going off the rails because like how you do anything is how you do everything. I.e. Lamar Odom. Like when you're super talented like that, it's easy to go off the rails because you're going, because like anything you do, negative or positive is going to be that same intensity like period like because and i know because i'm an intense person like literally everything when i played sports when i played like like when i got into business everything was this hyper focus wake up at 4 a.m like probably my mom probably called me a psycho type of thing because is that's just how you do anything is how you do everything so you can't you just got to transfer that that same intensity i love that i, I mean and a lot of athletes just realize that you're a competitor. You, you're into sports for a reason. You love them because of the, the intensity that they are, but channel that into other sides too, which is the business side. And realize a couple of things I'm taking away from this interview is just realize you are a brand and that's okay. Like there's a couple, like, here's the thing. I coach younger athletes, 16, 17 year old kids in basketball. And the thing is we have new, there's so many ways to like brand yourself the right way. So like do it the right way. There's a company called trophy case and it's a, you can make your own app, like digital trading cards for yourself. Like, it's that's your brand. And then on the back, you can have all the links to your stuff and like brand that right now and get that out there. You're a company. You need to start treating yourself as such. Like that's what you're going to be able to leverage. And that's a blessing to be able to leverage it, but you got to do it the right way. And I want to ask you, Chrissy, as we're, you know, kind of coming to the end of the interview, I want to ask you about the, the, the real estate side of things, you know, from your experience, since that is your expertise, like, what is the main benefit of, of of an athlete investing in real estate? Everybody hears that investing in real estate, investing in this or that. Like, what does that even mean to some people? Let's break it down in layman's terms. I like I know there's a lot of listeners, maybe parents that understand what that means to invest in real estate. Does it mean like I give you a thousand dollars and like you put it into something, or is this like I buy a full house? What if I don't have the money for a full house? Like, what are the types of how do you like invest in real estate? And what do you see as the most common for the athletes you've worked with? Yeah. So it like first, like less high level, like you got to pick a lane so you can do commercial, you could do industrial warehouse, all that you could do single and multifamily, which is four units or less or, 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 um, you know, just kind of single multifamily. But so when it comes down to it, so let's just go with single family, right? Single and multifamily. So the, the main benefits of it is, like I said, if I gave you $100,000 and it just sits there, number one, like I understand everybody hates when everybody say it, but inflation is a real thing. So inflation. OK, so every 30 days right now with what's going on in, in the economic market is you're losing one percent of your dollars value every 30 days. OK, so like that's bananas. OK. So like first, the first thing you want to do is the money that you have, you want to protect it. So you want to get into something that's also appreciating. So the, the flip side of inflation is that if you have it in an asset that appreciates, then that same dollar no longer loses value. It gains, it gains momentum. Okay. So that's the first thing that you want to do. You want to protect that. So you want to have, you always want to have, you know, maybe three, four months of living expenses, but then put the rest of that, just say like the hundred thousand dollars, you want to leverage that. And so like, if you're buying a single or a multifamily house, like just say then you're going to take that and, and make it into a down payment for an asset. So usually with real estate, however much money you have, like, 
typically you could we we look at like 20% down or whatever, like depends on what people's credit is. Like usually you could buy three times, three or four times more than what you already have. Okay. So just say if you have a hundred, uh, $20,000 and at that point you can pretty much essentially buy a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. So, so at that point you're buying more. Okay. So like that a hundred thousand dollars, you just put $25,000 over there on the down payment of something. Now you got a hundred thousand dollar asset and you have, you know, the $75,000 left. Okay. So see how we just made more money. Next is the tax tax benefits. So in six months as that appreciates, if you want to take money out of that, you, now you have an asset that you can leverage and take money out of via a refinance or whatever case may be. So when you refinance, you can hold the assets still and continue to collect the rent and the cash flow every single month. But a refinance is tax free. So if you go make a hundred thousand dollars, Uncle Sam says, bang, 40 percent. Like if you take a you go uh, take pull a hundred thousand dollars out of a cash flowing asset, then at that point you got a hundred thousand dollars because it's tax free. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is what every, and this is how everyday people get rich, period. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you see how much money I just created from $25,000. And on top of that, like, if you like, you know, a hundred thousand dollar house, like that's probably like a $400 mortgage, then you're sitting there and you're collecting a thousand dollars or $1,500 in rent every single month. So you're, you're getting stability uh, you know, as far as stable income as well. So it's like you got tax benefits, you got cash flow, you have appreciation, like you're winning big time. And then if you scale that and you continue to do that and you just say transfer that to buildings where, you know, you have, you know, over 32 units, you have 100 units, whatever the case may be, then it's that same thing at scale. So basically that $100,000 cash out refinance becomes a million dollar refinance, but that's all tax-free money that you're making and you're leveraging it versus just like, you know, constantly your dollars losing value, all these things, you only made money once, you know, that's so awesome that's the stuff i wanted to hear like i wanted i want the people listening to understand that concept like to break it down even more let's say you have that hundred thousand dollars and what chrissy was just saying was like every 30 days it drops a percent like so if you just hold on to a hundred thousand dollars just sitting there in the bank or just in your house let's say you got a stack of bills it got a hundred grand let's just okay 30 days from now that's actually that hundred grand might be a hundred grand in your in your hand, but it's actually worth 99,000 because you've lost a percent on it because of the way that inflation is happening. That's just the reality of economics right now. Like Chrissy said, like that's where we're at currently in our country and it's going to probably continue that way. So, and then if you just keep on holding on to that, you might think you have a hundred thousand dollars, but no, you actually have like $98,000 and it just continues to go down and down and down as time goes on because the dollar loses its value. So yeah, while you have a hundred thousand dollars in your hand with just stacks of bills, it actually isn't worth a hundred thousand dollars. Whereas if you take that and put part of that into an asset like that, all the benefits that come from it, like Chris, you just mentioned, is why you do that. That's why you want to invest in real estate. That's why athletes should probably be looking into opportunities like that as if they realize that they're going to be going into the next level and they might be getting some deals and they can leverage their brand. That's uh, probably a huge, and that's for anybody. Real estate's huge for anybody, but uh, in, in the 
I guess the heart of this conversation, we're talking about athletes specifically. So yeah. And you're looking at the interest rate. So like, look at the interest rate, you go pay 4%, just say on an investment property. Like, I mean, it's less than, and honestly that 4%, just say like when you do a cash out refinance, which is tax free, you go pull out a hundred thousand dollars tax free then nine times out of 10, because interest rates are pretty low right now and inflation is high guess what that a hundred thousand dollars like you're only basically probably going to pay like an extra one or two dollars a month on that same mortgage that you're already paying so like imagine like so basically you gave somebody an extra two dollars a month to take a hundred thousand dollars and if you go make a hundred thousand dollars uncle sam says hey you got to give me 40 40 grand of it and you keep 60. Yeah, dude, I think that's just <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. You know what I mean? So, and, 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 and on top of that, it pays you forever. So you go sit there and slip on a wet spot, you know, it playing basketball or, or you go get, you know, uh, numb leveled on, on the, on the field, you know, like get, go get sacked or something. You can't play again. Guess what? That app, that asset is going to pay you forever. And it also opens up the door for you to get more and more assets because the money that you're taking from it, you could go purchase more assets. You know, you can take advantage of, you know, the exchange process and all that stuff, you know, if Biden doesn't get um, rid of it, but you know, (laughs) I try to stay away from politics, but you know, um, and and purchase more assets uh, that pay you forever. So, you know, it's, it's so cool hearing from somebody who's an expert in the field because the, the, the people might be listening like, oh, it sounds too easy. Eh, that's kind of why people get rich quick around here if they know what they're doing. Like, you know, they go to somebody like yourself and they figure out, oh, yeah, like if I do have the the income to put in here, I I could get rich pretty quickly in that sense. Like, yeah. it, it, I've, I've been around plenty of people who within about a two or three year window have two or three properties now because of how quickly the cash flow can come in and the benefits that come from it. Just like everything you mentioned, I'll just echo everything you said. And I would just, again, encourage the athletes and the parents that are listening to this show to please educate yourselves as quickly as possible, young as possible so that, you know, later on you can build this generational wealth with uh, people like Chrissy who are experts in this field. So Chrissy, real quick, um, if somebody does have questions, they want to find you, or anything of that nature, how can they find you? Where do they find you? Is it, do you have any like business pages open? Is there a social media that they can find you? Where can we find you? So you can, um, you can, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, so it's just my name, Chrissy with an I Sanders eight, um, or Instagram Chrissy with an I Sanders. Um, and, or, you know, if you Google Chrissy Sanders, you'll, you'll find my business page and you could text me. (laughs) Like, so my cell phone number is public. So like you can, you can call or text me or email me um whatever you whatever you like to do so <laughs> i dig that i don't know like you're living on edge right there if if you're letting that be po- that's cool though hey oh. it, it is what it is in the sense of the remote environment that we live in unfortunately so it's like thank god that you know if, if somebody got crazy apple does have a block number feature so uh, that is good right <laughs> so like, a, a crazy thing i just gotta i gotta i'm open book man so <laughs> i love it i love it we'll we'll, we'll link to twitter instagram and then we'll t- put the google description here at the bottom as well on the description of the podcast and for anybody out there if you want to learn from chrissy you want to take you know get some advice from her and, and utilize her services go check that out but i just want to say thanks chrissy like it's been a cool conversation i i geek out about this stuff and it's not one that we've had enough of on this the show. We need more of these types of conversations. So I just am greatly, like, I greatly appreciate you being willing to share your information, your expertise with us on the show. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. For those listening, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care.
Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.